You're listening to Friends with Cars. If it has four wheels and you can drive it, we've got something to say about it. We may not always be right, but we're never wrong. Friends with Cars starts now. All right, welcome back to Friends with Cars F1 Talk podcast. This is going to be a quasi-dual episode of yeah. the Friends with Cars since uh, we missed uh, we missed the last one. It's because we were uh, traveling for the Netherlands race, Sandvoort. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think we went into the trip thinking we were going to film and record a little bit more and actually have time to maybe do a, a short podcast and do little snippets, but... Um, just, there was a lot of traveling, a really good trip, but there was so much that we wanted to do in such a short amount of time that we just didn't stop and really just record anything. So we're doubling this, uh, this podcast for uh, an update from last trip. Yeah. And uh, I think next time we just need to make it like a 10 day trip just to make sure that we have time to do everything we want to do. And then, you know, take a day off to just, uh, find a quiet corner and record and do all this stuff. But it was a busy, very busy, um, a busy time. I, I did read that it was uh, since they were gone for 35 years last year, they kind of got the kinks out of the way when it was half, half full. Mm-hmm. And they said that this is one of the better organized as far as people getting there. You couldn't get lost, get into the track. It was just very easy. And it was true. It was there was no way to get lost. It was a, a perfect uh, perfect way to get to the track. Um, there was just a lot of people. It was a hundred and some thousand people that fit in that stadium and it was packed. So I think we did a dry run on a Friday to see what the, the traffic was going to be. It took about 20 minutes to get on the train and then 30 minutes from, from Amsterdam to Zandvoort. Um, from then, it was like a 15-minute walk to the actual track. Um, not too bad. Um, the day of, we left early to, um, to avoid all that traffic, which we did. It was nice. Um, but there was a lot of people there. There were a lot of people there. And they were all wearing orange. Yeah. These people, the Dutch fans, you guys are all... You guys are a wild bunch, and I love it. <laughs> Everyone's nice and friendly. Uh, we did have uh, uh, Jessica wearing her fluorescent green uh, 44 Hamilton bucket hat. Yeah. Um, she was not attacked. No. She was uh, not harassed. Uh, it was uh, People were pretty much uh, happy about it, probably because they knew the Hamilton had no chance. I don't know what I was expecting, though. Well, I, you're kind of hitting it and alluding to it. I was kind of expecting some sort of rudeness, and I don't know if that – is a, a, per, a perception that I have of Dutch, which I don't know why I would have that perception. But I just know that Formula One fans in themselves are already intense, but Dutch Formula One fans can be that much more intense. And for some reason, I thought we were going to get heckled a little bit, and we didn't get heckled once. Yeah. It was and, really nice. And actually. maybe we're used to, you know, America yeah. and the USA. I mean, you go to a baseball yeah. game wearing a different jersey, and you're getting razzed, and you're getting, you know, booed and stuff, and uh, that didn't happen. You don't really hear of fights. I don't make, that's probably why it's a perception thing again. They yeah. want to make sure that Formula One looks good in the eyes of, you know, people who are watching the sport and people who don't necessarily know the sport and they're trying to learn about it. But when you go to a baseball game or a football game in the United States, it seems like there's fights every single game. You get stabbed in the parking lot. Yeah. Or, you know, if you're a Giants fan, you get beat up by a Dodgers fan. There you go. Um, that's it. I'm sorry. That's a Dodger fan. A Dodger fan. That's a right. A Dodger fan. Uh, but as far as Jessica's hat, though, that was very um, 
the reason I got her that hat is because it was easier to find her. <laughs> I didn't want her getting lost. It was very easy to find her in a, in a crowd of people. I never got separated from her too much, but we were watching the, uh, the replays of the race. The first lap after the first turn, before the second turn, um, I actually saw her on the TV because she was the only one in that area wearing, wearing the yellow hat. Yeah. We did encounter some some other non-Verstappen fans. Uh, they actually, a couple were sitting next to us. There were there were Hamilton fans, there were Russell, there were Mercedes fans. Um, I saw a couple of shirts for Alfa Romero, mm -hmm. um, a couple, literally a couple of Ferrari. For that many people, everyone was wearing, I mean, everybody was there for Max. Yeah. It was great energy. It was incredible. The people were very nice, very lovely. Um, it was very organized. I would say there was a lot of uh, a lot of alcohol, as you would expect, but I didn't see many drunk people, which is kind of weird. <laughs> I mean, at the end, you see some people that were kind of you know drunk, but yeah, but they weren't. And again, we're comparing it to the United States. Yes. Like an American who is drunk is loud, obnoxious, slurring their words, tilting over. But yeah, I didn't see. There's a lot of alcohol had at the the track, and no one was really out of place. And by the way, I love the way they made the uh, buying the alcohol. Uh, very easy. First of all, if you recycle, you get a discount on your beer. Otherwise, they charge you like the extra, you know, one and a half euros for the container. But if you recycle, you bring the can back, then, you know, they get the, the regular price for the beer, which is not. I mean, you go to a stadium here and it's like 15 bucks for one for one beer. Over there, it's standard. It's like six euros for a beer, which is what we usually, I mean, it's what we pay here for a regular beer. Yeah. So, uh, so that's kind of nice. So you see people collecting all the cans to go back and get like the little wooden wooden coin so that they can get the beer, you know, easier the way. And they had everything's tap hay. So it was, it was nice. Uh, I appreciated that. We need, we need more of that here. Although here probably have a lot more drunk people that get in fights and stab each other. <laughs> and I'll bring it up. Cause I've, I've mentioned to you, I, I didn't know what I was expecting about the food. And you've mentioned that Dutch are really just known for their drinks or their Incredible beer. beer, really good beer. But I went into the Netherlands expecting, you know, to have a, a nice Dutch meal. And there was for whatever reason, a lot of Argentinian steakhouses, Arge Argentinian steak and burger houses. Um, uh, I didn't, I did not get the full effect or the full experience of the Dutch food. Yeah, and I, and I don't. And listen, if you guys are listening, you think we're wrong. Uh, send us a message with what kind of what what is Dutch food or what's a traditional Dutch yeah. dish? Pancakes. Uh, the Dutch pancake, of course, or you know, I had some of those are delicious. But uh, yeah, basically, it was just meat. Meat and potatoes. Somehow the fries were like a big deal, like the best fries in Holland or the best fries everywhere. And they were just fries. I don't know. Maybe we have too many fries here. But frites. 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 Uh, a lot of mayo on the fries, of course. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I don't know. Um, yeah, uh, basically, it, Netherlands, Holland, to me, is just beers. They have incredible beers. Now, I'm not talking about Heineken, of course. That's like the worst beer they have. Uh, I'm talking about all the other beers that you go there and you have, and they're phenomenal. A lot of local breweries. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. Even the Bavaria. Bavaria is one of the, how do I put this? It's like, it's not a, uh, it's not a craft beer. Bavaria is not a craft beer, right? Right. But it's a local beer to the area that is way better than Heineken. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's a lager that's, uh, I don't know if they do a smaller batches than the Heineken one, but mm -hmm. I don't know. I think in craft, you have to do a, under a certain amount of gallons. I think they make more than that, so it wouldn't be craft. Right. But yeah, there's so many different options, and I think that was definitely one of the best ones. Yeah. Solid beer. Solid beers. Well, back to the track, though. Um, the race was really good. Um, it was kind of a blur, to be honest with you. A lot of alcohol had. But I want to go into leaving the track. You had talked about the organizers planned it 
for this year with more capacity because last year was it was reduced. Getting to the track was really easy. You didn't get lost. There was a lot of signage getting there. It's kind of flawed the way it is for when it leaves because there's one train system that leaves the town to go everywhere else. Right. Everyone is taking the train to leave, and it took us about three hours, four hours just to leave the track. Right. And yeah. That was um, definitely an experience. I'm not complaining, but uh, if, I don't know if there's any way they can improve that. There really isn't. No, and I think most of them probably had a um, were tainted by our last travel to Formula One, which is Mexico City. It was easy to get to the track. I mean, it was easy to get to the track this 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 time around. Uh, getting into the track was easier. Getting out really was no issue. Um, you just walk out and you know divert wherever way you're gonna go. I think because it was only one way in and one way out of the track to go back to where people were staying. Um, I think that's why it was congested. But even just walking out of the track, there was just a line of people that you had to stand behind just to literally walk two miles to get to the exit. You couldn't just walk to the exit. It was just literally you're crawling back to the exit. So, yeah, uh, uh, this is the first time they've had a full stadium since they came back to Sandboard. So maybe they'll they'll work on that and change it. Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing on the track is kind of funny is they they put up this like black tarp to cover some areas as you're walking. Some of the best views of the track is, of course, you see the start and there's the uh, there's a turn. And all that was literally you're on top of a hill walking to where the area is that you can watch. And they put black tarp up to cover the fence, which, of course, people immediately just pull down. And it's an incredible view. But then they have the security guards. They're like, you got to keep moving. They don't want you to stay there. Yeah. I'm like, it makes no sense if if this is a great spot and you don't want people to just watch from there because they didn't pay enough. I guarantee you that's a be better view than the grandstand view on that turn. Yeah. Uh, put up stands and charge people for it. Mm -hmm. But put, put in tarps up, it was kind of ridiculous. It did that. It's kind of funny. Prevent people from watching the race from there. And it's like, just pull, everyone literally pulled the tarp down and, and, you know, took a seat. But there's definitely strength in numbers because when we first stopped by there, we were like, I think we're not supposed to be standing here. And we noticed that people were actually pulling down that tarp that you were talking about. But I kind of wish we would have just sat there yeah. because that was a really good spot. But the fear that I had was if we were going to sit there, sit there, sit there, we were going to miss our chance on getting a good spot for where we, where we were actually supposed to be. And we were going to get kicked out right. at that area where they, had, where they had the black tarp. Inevitably, they allowed people to stand there. There's strength in numbers because they weren't going to kick out everyone. Right. And also, before you go into the stadium, I read, you know, what's allowed and what's not allowed. There was a lot. I mean, literally, said just a backpack, eight, like eight inches by 11 inches, small backpack. That's the only thing they'll allow. People had blankets. They had chairs. I had people with like I saw people with like a rucksack, like yeah. one person with a big just, backpack. Yeah. So I don't I don't know how. I mean, maybe that was just what some. Maybe that's a known thing. You don't really have to listen to what they have to say to you. But the people were bringing in. I got cooler. I, and I just like I don't I don't know how that works. But yeah. possibly alcohol was allowed to be brought in. So maybe if you have your alcohol in a cooler, they were okay with that because that was actually allowed. Alcohol was allowed to be brought in. Yeah. So, you know, good stuff. But anyway, the race was great. It was a good experience, a great experience. I'm happy we got to experience that. I don't know how much longer they're going to have the race there. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of uh, max races, I guess, for the Dutch fans. There's like two or three in a row. Uh, so they might remove one of those. Um, now with the new calendar, we've added more more places for the race. But I'm glad we got to see it. Um, it was, I think it was a great experience. Mm -hmm. And it was a good race. It was Although, a good race. you know, Bodice was out. <laughs> Even though I wore the shirt to honor Bodice, his ass was out. But Max, you know, it's a definitely an electric feeling to be in the Netherlands at a Dutch track 
at Zandvoort and Max Verstappen to win because the crowd was wild. The crowd was wild. Yeah, absolutely. And that was it was kind of neat. It was kind of neat to see that every time the car went by, it was just a loud roar. Everybody's super excited. Anytime he passed, again, everyone's super excited. So it was kind of nice. Mm-hmm. I appreciated that. Good fans. Good stuff. Yeah. And it, it was nice to have that couple that was in front of us a little bit to have a little bit of flavor for the, the Lewis. They were Lewis fans. Right. Whenever they went by, they would be happy, but, you know, be drowned out by the by the Dutch. Yeah. The Dutch cheers for Max. Because that's why I got I got a little not nervous. It's not like we were going to get jumped or anything like that. But because his wife, I assume it was his wife. She every time Lewis would drive by, she would cheer. Yeah, Lewis. I'm like, oh, girl, you, you better calm down. You're asking. You don't know where you're at. <laughs> so, um, but no, it was, it was really nice. Um, like I mentioned, Dutch, the Dutch people are really inviting. Absolutely. Very inviting. And so anyway, if you're looking to go into Zandvoort for a race, it's a great experience. You should definitely try it. Uh, it's fun. Yeah, the back is going to be uh, going back. It's going to be a little rough if they don't fix that problem. But uh, it's still great, great time to go. Yeah. Unless you're staying in Zandvoort. Like, I wonder if, who, if there were a lot of people that stayed in Zandvoort. Maybe they might have. You know what? I didn't even look at Zandvoort. Um, I think most everybody stays either in Harlem or, or Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Yeah. Um, not a lot of people want to stay in Zandvoort, but maybe it's, maybe it's the time to go is to stay in Zandvoort and then travel to Amsterdam to check it out if you want and then come back for the race. They had a lot, that was a, the beach was really nice. Yes. Beach Very beautiful. beautiful. Not crowded. Not crowded. The weather was beautiful. Uh, that would have been the U.S. That beach would have been packed. Mm-hmm. But nobody was there. Are we done about Amsterdam? Yeah, or, we're, or done with, we're done with Sandboard. Okay, on to the next thing. So today was the Italian Grand Prix. Monza. Monza. Um, before we go into other things, we were talking about the Zandvoort track, and while we were watching the race, I had asked the question if we thought that Monza would eventually be kicked off the track or be, be kicked off the calendar. Yeah. I know it's an unpopular opinion, but I think it should be. Uh, I know it's a really it's a political thing because, you know, it's an Italian track. Ferrari, it's iconic to have Monza. But while we were watching the race, and I've seen the layout for Monza plenty of times, but I was looking at the layout again. I'm like, this is boring. There's really not a lot of opportunities for technical driving. I guess right. it's a very fast-paced track, and there's a, there's plenty of opportunities to you know battle in the straights. But technically, it's not a lot. There's a couple chicanes. Yeah. No, and I agree with that. It is. I think 80% of the race, you just pedal down and, and go for it. Uh, you're right. There's not a lot of turns. There's a lot of opportunity for passing. I do appreciate that. There's a lot of chance for someone to get ahead. Um, yeah, as far as the layout for the track, I agree. There's not a lot of not a lot of turns, not a lot you know, skill. If you go off the track and spin off, that's it'd be kind of weird. There'll be kind of there's only one area you can do that in. It's the last turn. The last turn. Otherwise, you know, there really isn't that much chance to do that unless you're really not paying attention. But yeah, um, yeah, I don't think it'll go away. Um, it's it's a fast track. I think the drivers enjoy the fact that they can pretty much put the pedal down. Um, there's a lot of chance for passing. Anything can happen in Monza. That's that's the one thing is is you start at the front. You don't necessarily going to finish in the front, and I, we had that today, of course. So because of the speed and because you can pass a lot easier, um, uh, it's one of those tracks. So I, yeah, def- but you're right. Politically, I don't think it will go. Uh, it's a very popular track, mm-hmm. and um, I think the drivers enjoy it. So yeah, no, I I I, I think they do, but we want twists and turns. Yeah, twists and turns. Unpopular opinion. Mm-hmm. All right, but we're going to start with uh, Nick. Oh, Nick, Nick DeVries. Nick DeVries. Do you want to get that started? I'll get it started. So uh, Nick DeBreeze, of course, 
got to drive the Aston Martin on FP1, and um, you know, as as it goes, he he had a he had a good out, and then he thought he was done. Uh, unbeknownst to him, Album was working on getting his appendix out uh, on race day, so he gets a call on Sunday. Nick DeVries gets to the track uh, for FP3, and the car was not ready. So um, I'm watching FP3, and of course, the Williams car is in the garage. They're still working on it. I think it's at 34 minutes, and they were still working on the car. So he only got about 30 minutes of FP3 in the car uh, to go around before it was over, and he had to get ready for qualifier. And then qualifier happened, and he did wait. I mean, he got to Q2. Something Latifi couldn't do, Laquifi. Uh, so I, I was very impressed. I think everybody was very impressed. Everyone was happy that he got to Q two um, for you know for the race. And um, he, with all the penalties, he ended up coming up in eighth place to start the race in eighth place. Which again, Latifi got into tenth because of all the penalties. The, I think the big thing was that after the first few laps, he was still in eighth place, and Latifi was down four places. Yeah. I don't know if you have your observations on a. Oh yeah, my, my thing is, is yeah. Even after starting eighth, he only lost a position. He ended up ninth, and there's a lot of battles that he was having to get to that that place, and he deserved to get his his first points, his first Formula One points in his first race. Now you looked it up. I did look it up. Well, it was posted online. I looked it up. So George Russell, it took George Russell 48 races. Fuck George to get his first Formula One points with Williams. Yep, yep. It took Nicholas Latifi 28 points to get his first points. 28 races. I'm sorry, 28 races to get his first points. points. Robert Kubica, 11 races to get his first points. Alex Albon, three, which is really good still. Yeah, yeah. And Nick DeFries, his first race gets his first points. I, I know we touch on this frequently but latifi what the hell is going on with that guy he just needs to they need to let him go they need to let him go we all know that formula one is how should we say it's a uh um it's all about the money it's all about the money um it's all about the pretty girl latifi is the pretty girl his family's a billionaire uh they're billionaires so they have the money so of course just like stroll uh you know he gets to buy his seat Williams and Williams needs the money to develop. So usually teams can afford to have a shitty driver and a good driver because they have the money so they can, that one good driver can succeed. But it seems to me that when you have someone like Nick DeVries who goes on the first race and maybe it was, you know, beginner's luck, maybe it was just the adrenaline of being on his first race. But the fact that he gets in the points does a better drive and qualifier for Williams it kind of tells you that you have two vehicles that can actually get you in the points every race, as opposed to having one and then Latifi, who you know was always going to finish last unless people go out, and then he's not last, but then he's last of the active drivers. Does uh, is Williams filled up for next year, or did they no. sign Latifi? Uh, no, Latifi's not signed yet. Um, is Albon signed to Albon, Williams? Albon is signed, I believe. Albon is sh secure for Williams. Uh, Latifi's seat is still open. People keep saying Latifi's fighting for his seat. There's no fighting. It's got. It's like Mick Schumacher. He had like one good race, and everybody's like, "Oh, he's good. He's back." He's like, "No, he's had one good race." 
he hasn't done anything since. Right. So Latifi hasn't even done one good race. I think he qualified pretty high up one time and he started early and or up in, in, the, in the standings and then, of course, finished in the back. And I think that was because it was raining. Was That's it, right. It yes. was a rain. It was a rain. It was a rain qualif- a, a, there was a qualifying with rain. Right. Yeah, rain's the rain's the ultimate equalizer, right? Anybody can win when it's raining because it's rain. Yeah. Uh, everyone's going to be equally slow. Uh, Latifi did well. Once the race started, of course, he didn't do well. It's like Lance Stroll, right? He's like a rain specialist. There's a couple people that call it a rain specialist, but when it comes to rains, they suck anyway. So I'm like, I don't even know why. Because <laughs> it because they've driven where they're from. It rains, or they've driven more in the rain. But there, there really is no rain specialist. I mean, you. I think Carlos, I think at one point I was like, oh, man, when it rains, he does good. I think he had two races that were either really good in the rain. It's like, yeah, that was just luck. Yeah. It's raining. It's the ultimate equalizer. He hasn't been on my radar. Well, I don't know if he's been on your radar, but he hasn't been on my radar. He had, no, he's just the reserve driver of, for Willing, uh, Mercedes. But can you see him driving for Williams? Because, oh, absolutely. Because he is a, a Mercedes driver. He's a development reserve driver. And, you know, they have that program where... If they want to develop a driver, some of them go to Williams, and they could be developed that way. So, I can see him going to Williams. Listen, he's, after, he's definitely proven it. After Piastri, anything can happen, right? You can be, you right. can belong to anybody, and then you can do whatever you want. <laughs> no, I think, I think that, I think he's, I think he needs a seat. I think uh, Williams needs to fill that seat. I think they can probably keep Latifi and keep that money that he brings uh, to the seat. But I think if they if they give it to Nick DeVries, I think it'll. It'll benefit Williams. Uh, it'll make for a better, uh, a better weekend drive uh, for everybody involved and a little more competitive. I mean, like the, you saw Williams fighting for a position. It'd be nice to see two Williams fighting for a position, which we didn't have. So yeah, I think he deserves. I think he has a chance to get that seat. Yeah. Again, it's all about the money, which I appreciate that about Formula One. As much as I hate it, I love it. I wonder if there's a way that Toto can go go to bat for for Nick DeFries. It seems like they're really close. Um, obviously, him being a develop, developer driver for Mercedes, they're they're always in the 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 garage together, talking, going with the going through the engineering stuff. But I wonder if there's a way where it's all about money, right? So if Nick DeFries doesn't bring in the money necessarily, is there a way that Toto can bring in sponsorships that would sponsor DeFries to go to Williams? I mean, we all know that Nick already kissed the ring, right? He must have. To be in the garage with Toto, yeah. to be, he already kissed the ring. All he's got to do is make sure he continues to kiss the ring and give credit where credit's due uh, to the godfather of Formula One, which is, of course, Toto Wolf. And um, I think you'll be fine. Yeah. Again, it's all about sponsors. Williams just have to make sure they have enough money to cover the, the cost for those cars. And I think Latifi covers that. But if Nick DeBreeze can show up and bring some of those sponsors with him that can help him out, I think they got it. Mm-hmm. Well, did Albon has Albon scored points this season? He scored. Albon has scored points okay. this season. Well, DeBreeze scored more points for Williams and is pushing them further above Haas because I don't think Haas has scored any points. And then, oh, actually, I take it back. The Haas has scored points. Yeah, with, but, with, yeah. But again, the fact that they can actually get ahead mm-hmm. and not be last place. And every time you get ahead, it's not because of Latifi. You got to switch that driver. (laughs) Uh. Moving on, Ferrari's luck. So usually with Ferrari, the only team that can beat Ferrari, of course, is Ferrari. It's either the driver or it's either the strategy. Today was just bad luck. There was a uh, virtual, virtual safety car. Of course, Leclerc went in. As he goes in and he's getting his tires changed, the safety car ends. 
so he didn't get get to make up that those that time that he thought he was going to have. Um, he still got close, but no cigar. Mm-hmm. One what's even more unlucky is the fact that Daniel Ricardo suffers a power unit. Was it power unit? Nonetheless, he got DNF'd with four or five laps left. Yeah, lap forty-seven, I believe that okay. happened. Yeah, and brought out the a very late safety car. Very, very, very late. Now, I know we joked about it. There was no red flag, and one of the options was they could have red flagged the race, brought the car out, lifted, I mean, brought the, the tow, get the car out, and then do a start, a standing start again, and then they would have had five, six, lap, six laps to, to finish the race. Mm-hmm. They don't have to do that. It would have been nice, but that didn't happen, and I think it didn't happen because because of what Michael Massey did last time. He scarred them. He scarred them. I think they're still scared to pull the trigger. They're being overly cautious on it. Um, I think when they, when I saw the safety car and I saw cars going up over him, I was like, okay, they're unlapping themselves, but there was only like one and a half laps left at that point. Mm-hmm. But then Bottas stayed behind and there was another driver, I think it was Gasly, to stay behind. I'm like, well, they have to unlap themselves as well. But that didn't happen because by then they probably got told, you're gonna finish behind the safety car, which, Made no sense. I think they should have red flag and started again, but that's, for me as a fan, I want them to see the race. I think they just played it safe. Well, I want to bring up and read the canned response. I'm assuming it's a canned response. Oh, they were ready for it. They were ready. As soon as that that, uh, safety car had to come out and they didn't react quick enough to maybe calling out the the red flag that you were talking about, I think they were like, okay, we got to... We have to put a response together, but they said, while every effort was made to recover car number three quickly and resume racing, the situation developed and marshals were unable to pull the car into, uh, sorry, they were unable to put the car into neutral and push it into the escape road. As the safety of the recovery operation is our only priority and the incident was not significant enough to require a red flag, the race ended under safety car following the procedures agreed between the FIA and all competitors. Attentively, Michael Massey. I'm sure he wrote that, and they had it already. Right. <laughs> You're like, oh, what he did last time? Yeah, let's just let's just put that one out. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, I, I think again, I think they're being overly cautious. I think they they don't want to piss anybody off. They want to, you know, seem fair. And th- yeah, let's face it. The only fair way to do it is to wherever the drivers are at that time finish the race where they ended up. I mean, it's unfortunate. And listen, I don't think Charles had enough time to catch Max anyway. If there was no incident with Daniel Ricciardo, uh, Leclerc wouldn't have no. caught up to Max. No, uh, you put have had, you probably would have had a change with Bobby Sainz and Sergio Perez, uh, Lando Norris. I think those guys were still moving up. Uh, Nick DeVries was still in the mix. He could probably finish one spot below, but I think it was pretty safe where he was. So I think you would have movement there, but I don't think they would have been able to caught up. So, yeah, the result is where they were, and I guess that makes sense, which is unfortunate. But... We'll never know, but if they did have enough time, if they pulled Daniel Ricardo's car off the track and it gave them a minimum of two laps to actually race and finish under a green flag, both Max pitted as well as Leclerc pitted. They were both on softs, both fresh tires. Actually, so I don't know if Max had fresh tires, but... Max was on a new set of okay, reds. And Leclerc had scrub tires. Yes, Leclerc and Russell. But... I don't know if that would have been that big of a difference. Maybe with Leclerc having scrub tires, maybe they were broken in enough. I don't want to, it's probably not the best terminology, broken in enough, but- The carcass was hot enough. But I think, the carcass was hot enough. Um, But I think 
I don't think that Leclerc would have gotten him anyways. Max had a lot more pace this race Yeah, to begin with. I, I agree, and, and I think we saw it in the style of driving, Leclerc came up pretty fast right away. Um, he's a bull driver. He does a late braking. Um, yeah, I think I don't think it would have made a difference. Yes, Russell and Leclerc would have had a chance to try to pass him, and maybe Leclerc and Russell might have had a tussle. That kind of rhyme, and I apologize for that. Um, so, but I, yeah, I don't think it would have changed the outcome. Max just had the speed; uh, he was he was flying. Um, yeah, there's there's he he can do no wrong this season. F- finally, he might be able to win his first Formula One championship. Yes, he, last year he won the FIA championship, but this year it can be the Formula One championship. Well, the commentators brought up the fact that just based off of the math and the computations and how many points are left in the season with how many races, he could potentially win his first world championship in Singapore. Now, obviously, there are other cards that have to kind of be played. He has to get first and everyone else has to kind of do shit and not score any points. But he could potentially win his first world championship in Singapore. Oh, absolutely. Which is actually, I can't wait for that because I love Singapore. It's a street race. It's very close quarters. And it's really hard on the drivers because of how hot it is. So it's going to be a really good race. Yeah, no, I'm excited for the for the following races. I think it also, and I don't know if it's, in my opinion, I think once, I think I saw this with, with Hamilton when he was winning. It was like convincing that he was going to win. And it was just a matter of waiting for that race to happen because they figured that's where he's going to win. Once you get to that point, I seem to enjoy the other drivers a little more. Because you're not focused on... You're not focused yeah. on who's going to win or not. But then I think the other drivers also kind of just go, fuck it. We already have a winner, and now I'm just battling against this team, and it seems like everybody just gets a little more umph, and that's when you see, you know, Max maybe not finish first, maybe finish second or third, but then you have battles for the the the, the, the second place and third place and the constructors championship and the fourth and fifth place. So the top five places are the ones that are the coveted ones. Yeah. So it's exciting, and I'm 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 really excited for for the races to come. We'll go to the next one. The booze for Max. There was a lot of um, anger, a lot of a lot of a lot of talk about when uh, Hamilton got booed one time and people were like, this is not, what we, this is not what we do. F1 is all about decorum and being nice. We support all the drivers. Maybe that's just the trashy American in me. I like a little booing. <laughs> I like a little, you know, I, I like to watch the world burn. Let's face it. That's just who I am. And I like the booze because, you know, the fans, I mean, no one's getting hurt. It's just the fans are like, Hey, you know, fuck you. I like this guy better. I, I'm okay with that. Max got booed hard today yeah. when even when they were talking, when they were interviewing after he won. And I can tell that the you know, you can hear the sound, of course, and you can then hear that they kind of muted the crowd, like the sound system changed so that you can you really couldn't hear the crowd anymore. Because even when they interviewed Charles, you didn't even hear the cheers, which, you know, they were cheering for him. So it's kind of weird that if one's like, hey, you know, let's, 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 keep it, uh, let's keep it nice. And it's like, no, fuck that. I want to hear the booze. And, of course, the podium starts coming out. And there's like this weird music, music. that we've yeah. never heard before on the podium right. as they introduce the drivers. So then, you know, Russell comes out and all you hear is this music. And I'm like, you, you can barely hear the crowd. And then Charles comes up and you can barely hear the crowd. It's like that's never happened before. Of course, once Max came out, you did hear the booze a little bit. But they were drowned out by the music they were playing. So I think it's bullshit that they did that. I like I like the booze. And I guarantee you they're probably not going to make a big deal out of the fact that he got booed. But when Hamilton got booed, they made a huge deal about it. So I don't know. I mean, I hate Max as a driver. I don't know him as a person. I, I, I don't want him to win, but he's going to win. But I, you know, it's, I think it's unfair. Yeah. Well, what's unfair? 
that they muted the booze. Oh, okay. I think he, I think he earned those booze. Yeah. And I think he takes those booze and, and makes them into wins. And, you know, that's, you know, part of what, watching the world burn is like, you can boo him all you want. He's still winning. Right. It's like, bring it on. Like, but that, that's the thing though, is as fans who are, who are always watching the race, we realize that kind of stuff. I'm sure everyone, everyone probably noticed the same thing, but it's all perceptional and it's all to make sure that the sport looks good in the eyes of people who aren't necessarily watching the races. Because if I was new watching today's race, I would have heard those boos. And then as soon as they cut it, it's like, I wouldn't even thought of it, yeah. but we're all, we only know they muted all those views or those boos because we're watching the race. I know. I know. Bring him back. Bring me the, give me the booze. I need the booze to fuel. Alcohol booze. Alcohol. Oh, oh the booze. The oh, booze. yeah, the booze. Yeah. The booze, yeah. So, I don't know. I, I think, uh, yes, I totally agree. It's just all about the quorum. They're trying to keep it easy and make it nice for everybody. And But I just, I don't like that. I, I mean, it's, it's Formula One, but I just, I want the booze to fuel the driver. Yeah. Listen, Max heard the booze, so he's going to, next race, he's probably going to win again. And that's his biggest you know, the biggest middle finger you can give to everybody the boot for him is to win the race again when you will, right? So it's kind of cool. Um, I'm excited. I know you and Jessica don't like Max Verstappen, but I'm excited for him. I, I'm not a Max Verstappen fan myself, but it's going to be nice to see him win his first world championship and actually earn it. Right. Just because now it's validated. Oh, absolutely. And you know, that's why he's, I mean, he's in his mind, you know, he's thinking about that, right? It's like, hey, it was controversial. They're, they're going to say that I'm not, you know, I'm not the real champion. So, you know, inside of him, he's probably wants to make it a decisive win. So there's no chance. And I think at the beginning of the season, we kind of made a comment. They're not calling him Formula One champion Max Verstappen. It was just Max Verstappen. And even today, they made a comment about what happened last year. So it's in everybody's minds, whether they want to admit it or not. Everybody's thinking about it. Everybody's talking about it. It was a questionable, questionable win. So therefore, that's why I call him the FIA champion. It makes me feel better. It makes it easier <laughs> to say champion when I say he's the FIA champion. This year, he's going to be the Formula One champion. There's nothing, you know, there's, you can't deny that because it was decisive. It wasn't even close. Right. And I appreciate that. I, I will tell you, though, as much as I don't like Verstappen, I hate Russell even more. <laughs> I don't know where, how that happened. I can't even explain it, but I realized it today when I don't want Max to get to the front, but he was right behind Russell. And I was like, yeah, fuck him up. Pass him. I, I, I'm sorry. I just can't stand Russell. What is it for? What is it about him, though? It's it's his face. It's the way he the talks. It's the awkwardness yeah. that he has. It feels like he's always playing it up for the camera. Uh -huh. It feels like he's always being like an ambassador. Every time you see him interviewed, it's like he's doing the perfect thing. But isn't that what Lewis Hamilton did anyways, though? Yeah, but he was the first. <laughs> okay. You can't copy the. You can't copy yeah. your mate's homework. I mean, that's just different. And I think there was an interview where there was Hamilton. They were talking to Hamilton. And then right after they interviewed Russell, and he said the exact same thing. And I'm like, well, either they both went to the same publicist, and they're like, guys, this is what we're going to say. But the, he said it the same way. But the fact that he said it afterwards, I was like, oh, come on. Yeah. It was, it's just, yeah. And he just looks awkward. And even when he wins, he's, you know, he's. You know, you win and people kind of go and like, you know, shake hands or kind of bump each other. Whatever. Yeah, I know. And, and he, yeah. And he was like, hey, hey. <laughs> it was like the awkwardness. I'm like, dude, what? Who are you? <laughs> anyway, even. Yeah, I, I, I just can't stand him. I just can't stand him. I mean, the fact that he's finishing the top five every single race annoys the crap out of me. But I'm not saying he's not a good driver. Obviously, he is a good driver. I just can't stand him. And I dislike him more than I like for uh, Max. Which is um, weird. 
Well, I think the other drivers kind of, they don't give them a cold shoulder or turn, what's the, what's the term? Like they're not, when they're, when they're celebrating with their champagne on the podium, it seems like they're always leaving him out. Yeah. Um, they're not celebrating with him and he's always, it seems like he's always in a corner when he's in that podium area. Oh yeah. Spraying the team, spraying other people, but he's not celebrating with other two drivers who ended up on the board. Yeah. They're all into it. And he's kind of like throwing it from back there. It was like, yeah, guys, you guys, ooh, this yeah. is cool for you guys. Yeah. And then he's in the back like. Yeah. But, yeah, part of that though, you, you had the, the eye movement problem because he's drinking, but then he's like peeking over, like, okay, do I go over? Do I yeah, go over? He's okay, like, oh. wait, I think this is a, this is a time. <laughs> do it. No, no, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it, yeah. He's awkward. He's awkward. He's an awkward fella. Um, I, I I know who this guy is. He's the guy that everybody knows. Like, yeah, he goes to her school. He's the smartest guy. He does really well. Like he he's good for the school and he's good for our class. But we're not going to invite him to the keg party. <laughs> like we know he's like, you, know, you know, you know, that guy, right? You know, that guy It's like the guy that was like, everyone's like, yeah, he's, he's fine. He's cool. He's like, yeah, but we're not going to invite him to the keger. Like he's not yeah. coming. And if he does show up, people are like, oh, cool. Like, yeah. That's, and he's going to be the guy in the corner just, you know, saying, oh, I came to the party. I was invited. It's like, okay, but he's not invited. You know, he's right. not invited. Right. That's, that's, that's Russell. fucking hilarious. That's Russell. That's There's going to be a big dinner. All the drivers and the girlfriends are going to be there, and Russell's not going to be invited to it because, you know, it's Russell. Like, he's fine. It's just, I don't want to hang out with them. <laughs> we all have that, you know, we all have that person. Sibling, maybe. I don't know. We all know who that person is. Yeah. You he's, know who that person is. You're probably that person if you're listening to us <laughs> yeah. right now. You're probably, and you know that. Yeah. He's only eight or nine points behind Sergio for third place. And it's, yes, that is that's going to be interesting. Actually, well, for the the race between third and fourth, all very close. Right yes. now, we have Charles in second place, Sergio in third, nine points behind, and then Russell. That uh, is going to make things very interesting because I know, I know the first place is decided. I think Max is going to win the championship next race, but um, obviously the teams want to get more points so that way they're getting more money for their bonuses at the end of the season but it's going to be interesting um i'm going to say i'm going to make a bold prediction that paris is going to finish second mm. in the championship race i i just feel like he's um i think he's done everything he needs i mean he got even went and got the fastest lap that's i think we made a comment right ripples in a great ripples gotta love where they are right now Max is winning. They're up in the Constructors' Championship. You know, they're both getting points. But then they have Paris, who are like, hey, hey, uh, Leclerc or Carlos, whoever got the fastest lap, we need that point back. Uh, Paris, just come, come on in and just go get us a point. Like, they have a guy that's an assassin. They can just be like, send him out and tell him to, to get the point for us. And he does it. He just gets in the car, gets the point. It's like, done. So they got to love that, right? And I think because he can do that, I think once Max has secured the championship, I think it's – Unfortunately, Sergio is the second driver. Um, I think once that happens, he's going to have a little more freedom with the strategy, and they're going to just send him out, and they're going to push him to try to get him to finish second. So I think he's going to finish second. I just don't want Russell to finish third. Yeah. They're already treating Sergio Perez a lot better than they did last season. Oh, absolutely. Because it was apparent that Sergio was only on the team to be that secondary driver to help Max out. But it seems like they're treating him more fairly than they did, but still the second driver. After Max wins this world championship, do you think they'll ever 
just be like, okay, fuck it. You guys are going to go out and race now. And no. maybe Sergio is going to be, a, a, I would love to see a Mexican world champion. I would love to see it too, but, um, no, I don't think they're ever going to push and support Sergio to be the champion. I think they would only do that if he's ahead and Max is already not doing well. Mm. I think if if they start next year in 2023 and there's some issues where Max falls behind and Sergio is ahead, I think they'll do everything they can to get back to the, you know, to get both drivers up, but they're going to definitely push him to to keep winning if he's if he's at that spot. Right. But I think they're always going to push for Max. I think that's Max's contract, Max's life with the Red Bull. I think he signed the con- he signed the contract with the devil. And that was what you're going to be the driver that's going to win. I think once I think Max has the potential to win maybe one or two more championships with the team. And I think they're going to push for that. I think they want a multiple multiple time champion. Uh, and keep winning that constructor championship, which is you know something Mercedes is going to have to re- relinquish this year. Yeah. So I don't think they'll ever make you know push for Sergio to be the champion or let him race equally. I think it would only happen if he just happens to be ahead because of whatever reason. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, in my mind. Yeah. But even then, I think that's I think that's fair. I mean, Sergio has to know he came in to support Max. He might think I'll have a seed and I want to be fair and they're going to throw you everything they can to make sure you feel good about it. But let's face it, Max is their, Max is their boy. Mm-hmm. He's the runner. Now, as a driver who potentially wasn't going to have a seat a few years ago, I think you have to, I don't know, they're drivers and they're competitive, right? So I was going to say you kind of just have to be complacent and kind of know your place, but they don't have that mentality. No. I think even though he knows that he's a secondary driver, I would still be fumed though. Like, Oh, absolutely. And even if you know you're a second driver, I think you always have that thing in the back of your head. It's like, yeah, but what if I win first? And if I win first, they're going to have to be like, okay, maybe you're not. I think, you know. Yeah. You're that del- sounds like the Valtteri Bottas mentality. We're all didn't work out for him. The delusional mentality is like, <laughs> if I finish first, it's like if you finish first, we're gonna say congratulations, good drive, but we're never gonna push you to be mm-hmm. the champion driver that we're pushing Lewis to be. Yeah, Lewis ruins all that's nice, <laughs> just because it's Lewis. But even then, I still want Lewis to be Russell. Come on, Lewis, get your act, get your get your act together. Yeah, where is Lewis then in the drivers' championship? I think it's like fifth. Okay. So, you know, yeah, because it's uh, Max, Leclerc. Oh, no, it's Max, Leclerc, Paris, Russell, Sainz, Lewis. Lewis. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, there's a chance, though. There's always a chance. All it takes is just win two races in a row and then you're back in it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. That's all we got. That's all we got. We'll see you in Singapore in a couple weeks. Couple weeks. It's not next, not, not next weekend. So yep. in a couple weeks. Couple weeks. Singapore. All right, guys. Cheerios. Peace out.